0: Hey, everybody, it's Deb here. Welcome to the next episode of Uncomfortable. Comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in to Uncomfortable. Today, my guest is someone that I'm lucky enough to call a friend. Caroline McGilvery is the founder of Beauty Night Society, a Vancouver-based organization that helps build self-esteem and change the lives of impoverished women. At the tender age of three, Caroline began to explore a relationship with movement. Ballet, writing, musical theatre, voiceovers and acting classes fleshed out her world. In the year 2000, while researching an acting role, Caroline decided to found Beauty Night Society. And this was based on an interaction that she had with a woman who was in need of some help. After 18 years, Beauty Night Society is now an award-winning registered Canadian charity. Beauty Night has given more than 50,000 life makeovers to women who live in poverty. Caroline's efforts have not gone unnoticed. She is honoured to be a 2002 Flair Volunteer Award national recipient, Shakti Public Service 2012 recipient, 2010 Spirit of the Crane Gold Community Award recipient, a Me to We finalist nationally, and a two-time Women of Worth finalist and a five-time YWCA Women of Distinction nominee. In addition to wellness and health promotional work, Caroline began teaching classes, workshop speaking engagements, dance, qigong, yoga, aerial yoga, and that's just some of what she offers. In addition to her beauty night society work, Caroline also is a master's in medical qigong, a yoga teacher, and a radio show host. I really hope that you enjoy our conversation. Now, do note that there will be some adult language, so you'll want to pop your headphones on. All right, Caroline, thank you so much for being my guest on this episode. I'm excited to talk about body positivity. I think it's something that affects us all, so thank you.
1: Thank you for having me on. Oh, you're <laughs>
0: welcome. You're welcome. Now, tell us a little bit about Beauty Night Society, which is the nonprofit that you founded how many years ago?
1: Can you, you like, believe it's 18 years? Is it 18? <laughs> I was telling someone, <laughs>
0: I think it's 15, but it might be more, but 18 years. Wow. It's been
1: 18 years. Um, wow yeah thank you <laughs> that's awesome That's it kind of makes me wow too
0: sometimes yeah. <laughs> so yeah tell us a bit about how that started and then what kind of your mission is with that sure
1: uh for beauty night what we do is provide programming to off to build self-esteem and change lives and we do that through wellness life skill development and makeovers and i uh, gosh 18 and a half years ago, I feel Hello. so weird saying that, and every once in a while people look at me, I think it's because of all the yoga I do, where yeah. they're like, really, like, you're not, how old you are don't you? You do at all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. How old were you when you started this yeah, thing? like 15. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with that, um, I my first career was acting, so mm-hmm. since I was a kid, singing, dancing, acting, writing and producing from the time I was a really little thing that was producing stuff in my backyard and to present day where I still I still do the two shows every week. But with that kind of that time between all that stuff, I uh, was working on a short film and it was for a organization that no longer exists called Crossfire Ministries. Okay. And it was for women who are trying to get out of uh, sex work, and it was uh, founded by a man who had actually found God in prison, mm. who was a pimp before that. So I guess okay. to make amends, had created uh, two safe houses for the women so they could escape from their abusers and their pimps and to start fresh and okay. start to heal. So I started volunteering in the East Side at Drop and Center and wanted to make the women feel good. I didn't really know what that was, even though I'm born and raised in Vancouver, I really had no concept of what that was going to be like. So Mm -hmm. I knew I was there to serve meals, to call and help them find shelter beds. In a lot of cases, sometimes calling uh, either the street nurses to come in to do checkups for somebody, sometimes helping them fill in what they used to call the bad date sheet. And I really don't mean a Tinder date. I mean Mm -hmm. like stuff that, and I shouldn't joke about it, but just stuff that should never happen to any human being. It's just extreme violence and horrific where the Mm -hmm. women would want to warn other women So they would have a form. It's now called uh, the Red Alert Sheet. So that was my job. And Mm -hmm. one night when I was volunteering, one of the women asked me what it was like to be a kid. And I said, what do you mean? You were a kid too. She said, well, not really. When I was a kid, um, when I was four, my dad was sleeping with me. By the time I was six, he was selling me. And by the time I was 10, I was in and out of so many foster homes. It was safer on the street." Yeah, I know. Aww. And what freaks me out is the more work I've done, so many women who are in their 50s and 60s in the downtown east side, mm-hmm. I hear stories like that a lot. Not everybody's dealt with the trauma and the trafficking, yeah. but there has been a lot of physical and sexual violence that's happened to them, which, of course, affects their self-esteem, how they perceive mm-hmm. themselves. And for some of the women over the years, they've told me just that, where are they going to get a job making as much money
0: mm-hmm.
1: when they've been doing this for so long, they've never had an opportunity to develop any other skill sets. So there's that piece where it comes right down to, I don't feel good enough about me Yeah, is what I hear um, through so many things in regards to for beauty night. Sorry, I, as I digress, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Um, the one with woman, um, one other woman came in one night who was dealing with a lot of trauma she was, ah, sorry. It's she was, yeah. She was wearing torn clothes that mm-hmm. she definitely dealt with some violence that day, and didn't want to eat, didn't want to sleep. When I asked, "What do you want?" she said, "I just want to feel clean." Mm. So we got a, t- a shower stuff together, so you know, like toiletries, a mm-hmm. towel. She went and had a shower, and afterwards we were trying to find fresh clothes that didn't have any body fluids on it, and. There was a curling iron, so she's like, Can I borrow this? And I said, Sure. She plugs it in, but when it got warm enough to curl her hair, she couldn't get her arm up to curl it and looked like she was ready to cry because it had been such a, am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Uh, such a shitty day. And <laughs> Uh, I could tell she didn't want to cry, so I think I did what most people would do, which is I offered to try and curl her hair for her, mm-hmm. which considering the only hairstyle I knew how to do well was either a French braid or a ballet brun, this was a very brave thing yeah. on my account, <laughs> and even braver for her to look at me and say, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please help me. Totally. Yeah. And so we ended up laughing a lot, and... From there, my um, French braided it because the curls really turned out poorly, <laughs> quite frankly. And uh, she thanked me for making her feel human. So that's how it started. Oh, wow. And then, organically, every time I came and volunteered, more and more women started asking me to do their hair, do their makeup. And we found out it was a really lovely way to reintroduce touch to people who mm. have experienced violence. Okay. And along the way, we've had scholarships from Future Hair School for some of the women. Um, We've also been able to place them with different organizations. Uh, We have some community partners have been terrific where Mm -hmm. they've put them in school to become drug and alcohol counselors or doing the um, outreach programs so they get to become an outreach worker and start to work with some of the organizations that we partner with. So it's been really awesome. Um,
0: Mm -hmm. and it's like it's come from this just this one act of kindness mm -hmm. right into exploring other areas of how you can help and partnering with other community organizations that's amazing and what would you say in like all the years that it's operated what's kind of the biggest change that you notice Mm -hmm. in your participants
1: I'd say probably the biggest change there's been lots um has been that sense of community that's Mm -hmm. been built. And it's one that I love and sometimes we struggle with, just with a lot of the funding cuts, with the opioid crisis right now on the downtown Mm -hmm. east side, that sometimes there are certain organizations that we're not able to partner with just because they don't have the funds to have to keep their doors open past a certain time um, or can't handle the capacity when X amount of people show up. Because there are times where there's over 100 people at a beauty night compared to, say, a recovery center or a transition home where there may be only 12 beds. And that's all we're serving that Mm -hmm. night. So the numbers can really drastically vary, which for an organization where um, I'd say a lot of people are dealing with compassion burnout. um, They're tired. A lot of people I know... It's interesting where I've been able to help them in different ways, who I've known Mm -hmm. for years, who've worked or managed different organizations now, taking early retirement, uh, taking time off and trying to figure out what they want, just trying to recover because they've been holding space for so long and where they need to actually turn inward and start to fill up. And see what's next for them
0: Well it's kind of looking after that Like looking after number one So that you Mm -hmm. can then be of service to other people Otherwise you burn out and you can't You can't help
1: it's so true. It's kind of like that analogy, and I keep hearing it, mm-hmm. and it's a cliche, but I'm going to say it anyway because <laughs> I think sometimes with cliches, they're cliches because they're true,
0: Yeah.
1: is they always encourage parents to put that oxygen mask on on a plane yes. first yes. before taking care of their children or yeah. a senior that's traveling with them. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if you die and you've got somebody who doesn't have that capability to take care of you, yeah. well, it doesn't benefit either of you. And so with that, it always starts with Mm self-care. And going full circle with Beauty Night, it's weird because I thought I'd be doing that project when I was rich and famous from acting. Yeah. (laughs) So I thought that was going to happen when I was in like my late 70s. And I'd originally envisioned it actually for people with eating disorders. Okay. Yeah. I grew up um, dancing. I did 15 years of ballet, musical theater gig. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it kind of goes with the territory, and ballet is great training. It's, mm-hmm. it's very good for discipline, uh, working hard. You can see the results when you work hard. But there also is that tendency sometimes to work a little too, too. hard. Mm-hmm. And there it is evolving now that different body types, like Misty Copeland, there's yeah. so many different dancers now where it's okay to be muscular. Yeah. It's okay to be curvy. But at one point, there was the perfect ballerina body. Mm-hmm. And, and you had to strive towards you did. that. And so it was normal to... where It was very common to hear people puking in the changing mm. room. Uh, people not eating where at one point, I know this is going to sound insane, but I actually thought it was weak to be bulimic as opposed to anorexic in regards to myself because I have dabbled um, dabbled I've, um, yeah, I've lived with bulimia for a very long time now and with that it was very interesting because I used to hate myself sometimes because I wasn't strong enough not to eat like other people I knew and so that day when that woman was trying to curl her hair and just went and made eye contact, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. In yoga, there's this word on namaste. And for people who are listening with cultural appropriation, I'm going to apologize. I yeah. love that word. It is all about, you know, seeing yourself in other people where mm-hmm. usually it's a direct, the, you know, the light, you know, I recognize and honor the light in you as you do with the light in me Mm -hmm. and I also see the darkness though too and I think that's the beauty is being able to see yourself in other people and so that day I felt that bad about myself Mm -hmm. that desperation Um, I may not have experienced the same experiences but I felt really bad about myself to that degree where it's just just that desolation and wanted to make her feel good and mm-hmm. so that's where that came from and I think that's why that idea just automatically popped there yeah because i had been thinking about it for years to the point I'd actually in my 1970s 1980s way had actually drawn out um plans my uncle used to, is an architect so <laughs> so and as a kid I used to try and emulate where it's like well this room will have a clothing room this room we're gonna have the makeovers Your dream home totally yes. this won't be the counseling area with this yeah and because of the Fact by that point, I knew with um, bulimia, anorexia, and a lot of eating disorder uh, disorders. I don't know if that's a Freudian slip. Um, disorders um, with with the eating, and with that, it was it's a it's a way to feel control sometimes, and mm. it's something that made you feel good mm-hmm. when not everything was in control it's kind of the way sometimes people are OCD yeah where and I won't lie I like washing dishes when um when I get stressed out Mm -hmm. and because it actually helps me clear and pull out of the stress sadness yeah it helps me actually function and move forward and I think that that's important to uh see what works for you but making sure actually checking in with that actual core bit of yourself and breathing into Mm -hmm. it which I know from Innocence Beauty Night, um, doing Qigong and yoga, sometimes the scariest thing in the world when you feel something is to breathe into it.
0: Yes, it's really hard. I've had that experience as well with someone um, actually saying, you know, next time you feel really down or sad or depressed, like sit with it and see what comes up. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, what happened was in the end, it wasn't that bad. So it helped me be Mm -hmm. able to kind of face it I know not everyone will have that experience it's probably a longer process for them but I think it's really important to kind of check in and take care and I know previous episodes we've talked about depression anxiety Mm. um self-loathing Um, so I think looking after yourself is huge and then also not beating yourself up Mm. so what does like body positivity mean to you now given kind of your experience with beauty night and then your own personal experience with bulimia
1: this may sound weird and it may sound super simple but I find uh, myself sometimes and a lot of people um, it's Mm -hmm. I think it's a work in progress it's being enough Mm. and it starts with accepting who you are so say you want to change your body you want to be more fit you want to be more smart you want to be whatever it is you think you're not funny enough whatever it is it starts with i am those simple words Mm -hmm. and being okay with whatever that is and i find as that starts to shift the other stuff starts to shift too because it starts Mm -hmm. with loving you and so is it more like a kind of um, what's hmm. it called
0: affirmation where it's like I am and you're trying to see what you want to be or do you think saying exactly how you feel right now, even if it's hard
1: to admit that? I know it's going to sound crazy, but um, <laughs> nothing sounds crazy, <laughs> OK. <but laughs> um, I'm actually starting a challenge on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And with that, one of the first assignments for people is to actually stand naked in front of their mm-hmm. mirror. Mm hmm. In mountain pose, so for those who may be listening who aren't sure what that is, Mm -hmm. feet about hip distance apart, palms facing forward, really imagining the crown of the head reaching up towards the sky, feeling the neck slightly pressing back, chin slightly down so that the spine's nicely in alignment, making eye contact with yourself Mm -hmm. in the mirror, and just taking a few moments to breathe, and then inhaling eye exhaling am and just being with you Mm. so not saying i am am or anything like other words Mm -hmm. that comes next i think it starts Mm. with okay actually rooting first once that becomes a practice where um and then after that doing reflection exercises so what was the most challenging thing about that Mm. and writing about that what was the surprise yeah (laughs) And doing that for 30 days where there's a little bit of variation with the reflection afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I think that that stuff starts to change and doing that while, well, <laughs> I know this is going to sound really sadistic, but either a, there's two ways of doing this. One, if you're trying to also reduce debt is a really neat one mm-hmm. where you actually have to pay yourself 25 cents every time you catch yourself thinking or saying anything uh, self deprecating okay. or negative about yourself. And that money goes towards paying off debt or yeah. putting it into a fund of something that's for your future self. Hmm. So you're paying that I love off. I that. Um, the other one is putting, with sadistic, is putting an elastic band around your wrist, which you may bruise, <laughs> oh, <and laughs> but um, where you snap it each time because there is something about that physical, so it, for some people this, that will work better mm. than the money. It depends what motivates okay. us and what feels good. Yeah. I encourage people try both. But when you really think about it, if we sorry as I laugh, if we talk to another human being the way we talk to ourselves, sometimes, mm-hmm. wow, we really yeah. wouldn't be well liked, And I know in, in um, an era where, in terms of going full circle to your question about body positivity, we're in a society right now where we're so on. Um, there's so many different thing, ways to communicate, whether yeah. it's Facebook, whether it's text, whether it's phone call, whether it's FaceTime, mm-hmm. uh, Instagram, Snapchat. It's, it's overwhelming. It is. Mm-hmm. And people don't get as much time to unplug and actually just be with self. Yeah. And I think the more we can do that in terms of the body positivity, it starts with being with self mm. and being okay with you exactly as you are now. And I can't believe I'm going to quote Bridget Jones' diary, but as Mr. Darcy says, you know, I like you, Bridget. I like you just as you are. Yeah. And obviously I (laughs) so need work. He's so hot. (laughs) I like Mark Darcy.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and it's wise words. It really is. (laughs) I think um, what I see popping up just Mm -hmm. talking about all the different ways of communication is I see a lot of people now taking like some sort of media cleanse as they'd call it, or you know, a day like digital detox Mm -hmm. where they take a day or a weekend or a week Mm -hmm. off all of devices and I even know someone who did it for a month and um, so she could focus on writing her book
1: Wow,
0: which was great so I see that coming up a lot and um, I also you know I love Instagram in a way but then it it's worse for me it's worse than Facebook because it's you know image based mm-hmm. and people kind of stylize their feeds And I mean, don't get me wrong, they're gorgeous, they're beautiful, artistic, um, creative, but then you instantly think, oh, that person's totally got their life, like, perfect, and it's not, it's never like that. You turn around and you talk to that person, and, you know, they're like, oh, God, this just happened, and this happened, and now I'm in debt, and all these things, and so it's, you know, just that persona, I feel is kind of killing us all because we compare ourselves.
1: We compare ourselves a lot. Mm-hmm. We also get 90% of our information from what we see according mm. to, I think it's the John Hopkins Center of Medicine. And okay. I believe it's 90%. Yeah. I've also heard it being 98, but I think it's okay. 90. And we decide whether or not we like somebody within the first 10 seconds mm-hmm. they walk through that room. And then we spend the next 30 seconds judging ourselves about that. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm... You know, but in some of it, sure, is based on how we were raised, our perception. Mm-hmm. Because we, you know, I know for myself, I do come from a place of privilege. Yeah. So always having to check in and checking that out. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there's that gut instinct that goes off. And I find when we're in that world of compare and contrast, yeah. we stop listening to that gut.
0: Yeah, And keeping up
1: with the Joneses. Yeah. And it's like your
0: mind is focused there and then it's not really you're not focusing on yourself
1: no and when we don't focus on us which so many people like oh that's so selfish and it's just like no it's not Mm -hmm. um what we need is to take that time to breathe um just acknowledging self Mm -hmm. however we choose to do it so there are some beautiful things that are nice as a daily practice but people get overwhelmed where it's like oh man How am I going to have time to meal plan? Uh How am I going to have time to go to yoga or go run for a run or whatever their choice of movement is, to meditate, uh, to journal. Like, There's so many lovely tools. So I would say just... Take what works for you. Yeah, just Dif- one thing. Like yeah. I use
0: an app called Calm, which is 10-minute oh, meditations. Mm-hmm. I know there's Headspace as well. Yeah. And yeah, it's just it's 10 minutes out your day and that's all it needs to be. And they even have walking ones. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have time to sit down <laughs> for 10 <laughs> minutes, you could walk and listen on the way to work. And then yeah. you're being more mindful as you walk
1: and mm-hmm. you're paying attention.
0: And it's, it's really helpful.
1: It makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I know I've got Spotify and... And I download Mm. quite a few, like Michael Seeley and and Jason Stephenson meditations. Mm -hmm. Got a lot of them on my feed, where sometimes, because I do teach um, out at SFU, so it's about an hour and a half uh, commute commute Mm -hmm. sometimes. So with that, it's nice where I actually chill out on the bus. If you are going to mm-hmm. do that, I'm going to say, make sure that your wallet and keys and all that oh, stuff are in an inside pocket. <laughs> I know we're not as extreme as other parts of the world in terms of pickpockets, yeah. but yeah, white test feet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Be
0: careful as you meditate on
1: the bus. <laughs> totally. And if things like, uh, say, um, like I know in our pre-show chat, we are chatting about business books, about mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, or maybe you've been like, yeah, I really want to read different books. Apps like Audible are great Mm -hmm. where you can download different books. And there is something, one of my favorite blogs, and I cannot remember what it's called right now, which is really sad. He actually picks some of the top blogs and he reads it to you. And there's something... That's yeah That's great. That's on my Spotify. I'll have to show it to you. Oh yeah, but you it's... know
0: what? You can <laughs> just send me the link okay. or the name of it and we can add it to the show notes I'd so people love that have it.
1: Yeah. Because I like being read to. Mm-hmm. And there are certain ones that really inspire me.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, one of my favorites was one that he read that was written by a woman who had created Created a form of exercise I'd never heard of, so she was a group fitness Mm -hmm. instructor, personal trainer. And she talked about the first time she created this class, taught it. She started off with, I think, 15 people in the room. By the end of that hour, one person was left. Oh, God. So she felt about so yes. small, like not and even a As yoga high. teachers? Oh, well, yeah.
0: Yeah, relate to that. When you get one or two people showing up for your class, you instantly blame yourself. Oh,
1: totally. Right? Where it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, it's just like, okay, what how can I best serve? What am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. But hers got so popular over time where she, the the people who needed that started coming to her mm-hmm. class. She started building it and then she took it to the next level, which was training other teachers to teach that style okay. of class. She was doing videos to do it for the training. So they had that for reference, but would always get another instructor to do it. And one day um, when she decided to make these open for the general public, mm-hmm. Uh, the person who was supposed to be basically on front of the camera bailed that day mm. and nobody else knew it so she had to do it and she'd been telling herself you know I've got the wrong body type I'm mm. not perfect I've got wrinkles I got this I got that and what was really cool about that was she did it and that was when everything went viral <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. and people liked it because why because she was relatable because yes. she wasn't. Perfect, And even in that so-called perfect, which people strive for sometimes yeah. in terms of, you know, it's not, it's like I need to lose that last five pounds. Yeah. My waist isn't small enough. My breasts aren't big enough. Yeah. You know, my ass isn't firm enough or high enough. or you can't get rid of that roundness. belly. Yes. All of that, all stuff. All that stuff. I yeah. wish I was one inch taller where mm-hmm. I've actually heard of and actually know a few people personally with body dysmorphia. Um, where they actually want to be a couple inches taller. Mm-hmm. And they're actually going through the surgery, which means that you can't... I didn't even know
0: there was a surgery yeah. for that. Ooh,
1: okay. it's, uh, and apparently it's excruciatingly painful. It reminds mm-hmm. me of The Little Mermaid. Not in the Disney version, but in the original Hans Christian mm-hmm. Andersen one. Mm-hmm. Where when she was walking, it felt like she was stepping on knives. Mm-hmm. When she went from her tail to mm-hmm. feet... So I think about that too, and just what yeah. we'll do, and it, and with things being so visual in terms of society, mm-hmm. and um, even if you look at pornography, uh, there is a wonderful documentary called Petals, which mm. is uh, based on Nick Carraway's book. He's a commercial photographer, okay, and his girlfriend at the time thought she looked really ugly quote-unquote down there okay and so he took pictures of her found if he did in black and white she actually could see how beautiful he saw her as Wow. and she showed them to one of her girlfriends Mm -hmm. who ran a support group for women who were dealing with violence and then some more and more of the women started asking if they could come in and pose for him so wow. he ended up over about a year because everybody thought that this was incredible, which it is. Where mm-hmm. it was, in, where people could actually see parts themselves where they thought that were dirty, ugly, yeah. disgusting, as beautiful. So it was taking that, and then uh, he created the book, which he had to self-publish. Of course. And with that, what I thought was neat was they eventually did um, a documentary, and it was very cool because they had a lot of different sex educators on mm-hmm. there. But what they talked about, which I've seen with um, Sexy Immensity, the show I do, Mm -hmm. there's more and more people because of the increase of pornography. And again, we're visually, you know, we get a lot of information for what we see where all of a sudden it's not enough or it's like my labia are too small or they're too big, they're too funky looking. Um, I don't like the color, you know, the anal bleaching, all Um, of that And um, Eve Ensler, which this one breaks my heart. She's the one who wrote the vagina monologue. Okay. Her yeah. follow-up to this was The Good Body, which I was lucky enough to have an opportunity to see her perform it in Vancouver twice oh, about wow. 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, she's got one monologue she wrote in that book, and it was about a woman for, I believe it was their hus- her husband and her 25th anniversary. And uh, yeah. all she'd ever wanted was to be able to feel connected, feel intimate with him feeling that intimacy and connection mm-hmm. and hopefully have an orgasm which she'd mm-hmm. never had. Mm-hmm. And with that monologue, she went and had um she went and had a hymenoplasty. Um which apparently they were at the time I'd spoken to an a sexologist, Dr. Faisal Sakurin, um mm-hmm. and he said that in L A he'd heard that they were were quite common about five oh, or wow. ten years ago. But uh, with that and of course her husband loved it, but of course I don't know what your experience was and we don't have to talk about it on air but yeah. a lot of women find the first few times really incredibly painful yeah so yeah. having a hymenoplasty where sex is all of a sudden is excruciatingly mm. painful is not fun. No. So she didn't <laughs> no enjoy it or all. feel
0: sexy at all because of the pain.
1: Yeah, and it made me think about other things yeah. like I've got a, so many girlfriends um at this stage of my life for moms. Mm-hmm. Um whether their kids are really young or whether they're in their 20s now going to yeah. college. But with that uh so many of them who have had to have an episiotomy um and just where the cut is a little mm-hmm. too very deep. And with that, when they were stitched up, where they got stitched up a little too tight, and all of a sudden, sex wasn't painful, so they actually had to redo everything. Yeah. And that debate, because it was so painful going through it the first time, do I really want to? It's kind of like, I guess, do when you break an arm, yeah. yeah, do you want to get it rebroken and reset Ooh, again? Yeah. Um, and especially there, where it's such a delicate area, um, just being able to uh, heal. Yeah, but I I think it about that. It takes a long
0: time to heal as well. i think It heard. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it does. Oof. Painful. I know it's it's bad enough um just trying to feel confident in your own body mm. on a day to day general going to the office, get groceries, never mind also in the bedroom. And mm. that can be really challenging yes. for a lot of people. One thing I love about you is that I always see how confident you are in your own body and I I mean, maybe secretly and I know this has been a huge journey, you know, it's never it's not been easy for you. Um but it's I always think I want to feel that way but I don't know how to so like I know you do qigong you do a lot mm-hmm. of movement and you teach and you're an amazing teacher so anyone in vancouver you should look up caroline and, and go to her classes Thank you are <laughs> <laughs> welcome um fan girl right here um but it's like what can you do just you know i love the mirror idea of standing there and kind of making eye connection was okay. there other things that you kind of had to work on to to eventually get that confidence i think the
1: eye contact thing is a big one mm-hmm. um definitely with the mirror mirror work is is really 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 big Mm -hmm. um the other pieces with the elastic band are paying yourself money every time um it's uh it's uh, those ones are are really effective but the other pieces with that for me personally um i've been lucky where i've had different mentors over Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm like I can actually still remember Christopher Basson which Pam from Harbor Dance if you're listening you might laugh Uh, years ago I didn't realize he was gay and I used to come to all his classes when I was 16 Mm because I had the biggest crush on him and he used to wear the shortest cutoffs (laughs) yes I had a massive crush on this beautiful blonde (laughs) god man and uh, one day after class we were doing it was a jazz class uh, turns across the floor just Mm -hmm. just basic shonies and I've done them for years with ballet but my body was so stiff and so Mm -hmm. awkward yeah, actually made me say out loud, like, counting out. So, like, one, two, I'm beautiful, three, mm. four, I'm sex. And, of course, you know, you're 16, so you start giggling more. And yeah, of course. Like, I feel so <laughs> stupid and ridiculous. But over time, I started letting myself say that kind of stuff as well, where it's mm-hmm. like, I'm that... And for one of the first times in my life, started believing maybe I wasn't so hideous as possible. When do you think that switch happened? Like, do you remember how old you were? I was probably uh, between fifteen and sixteen, and it was mm-hmm. weird because whenever I was in a ballet studio, I felt truly really hideous when I saw myself in the mirror. But I felt like the most confident girl um, mm-hmm. in um, when I was on the beach. Okay. If I was later on, yeah. Well, maybe not that much later on. <laughs> uh, going to a nightclub and dancing and standing on top of the speaker mm-hmm. uh, and just shaking it. Yeah. Um, I felt really good, super confident to the point I didn't drink because I was worried about losing my balance and not looking as good oh, if I wow. um, if I had any alcohol in my system. So I'd basically, I was the person the bars love and hate. Love because at the time, you know, when I look back at my, you know, mm-hmm. my young self, I was cute. Yeah. Um, you still are. Thank you. You're very beautiful. <laughs> Inside and out. But I also thought I was stupid. Oh. Um, so it was neat where for a long time as a kid, I thought I was just not great mm-hmm. um, in general. And then I got cute. Um, once the acne cleared out, my braces mm-hmm. came off. I got through what I call the ugly duckling link transition oh. stage. Yeah. Um, but it took me a really long time and it wasn't until I started beauty night where I realized maybe I wasn't classic book smart, but maybe I had different types of smart. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of that came with time.
0: Yeah.
1: And I found by the time I was 30, um, I realized on my 30th birthday, if I didn't wake up the next day and I don't mean this in a depressing way. hmm. Um, I was actually okay with what I'd I'd have conquered in my life mm-hmm. so far. I felt good about it. Um, it started beauty night, mm-hmm. you know, which I didn't think I'd be doing until my late seventies. Yeah. I had really good friends. Um, you know, I've got family. I've been very, very lucky, yeah. very blessed, and I've got my health. So, yeah. that was huge. Um, so that, and after that, it's it's mm-hmm. been good. I felt just like
0: looking at those positives, being yeah. grateful for the little things that. You know, are really good about your life. Yeah. Yeah, because we do. We get sucked into the stuff that's not working. Yeah. But what about the stuff that is?
1: But I think that's the piece too with it, because all those pieces were working. And I think mm-hmm. back to when I was in my 20s, the first time around for acting, I made a whack of money writing at the time, mm-hmm. writing for different uh, travel, lifestyle magazines, mm-hmm. about dating, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Made a decent amount of money, like considering somebody who never actually took a writing class in her life. Yeah. <laughs> I was very lucky um, and did a lot of work doing voice work. But actual acting, every time I came in and I'd see people in the waiting room, I'd actually feel guilty and I didn't want Mm. to actually book the gig. Because of the fact I was always worried I was taking it from somebody else. Mm, like someone else who
0: really needed it?
1: or uh, Somebody else where I was worried because I was such a pleaser and mm-hmm. had to actually address that piece of myself. Mm, right. Which, uh, so in terms of when did things change, mm-hmm. It's it's been a gradual process through my okay. life where I think the final one, which didn't happen until 2014, where... By that point, I'd been doing Beauty Night for 14 years. Um, mm-hmm. In 2010, I finally started getting paid for it, which my board had to fight me because yeah. I felt guilty getting paid for something mm-hmm. that I really got a lot of joy out of, um, which there's a great book uh, by Dan Pilata called Uncharitable mm-hmm. and talks about as a society, how we perceive charity. Mm-hmm. And I fell right into that because I thought I'd be rich and famous when I started this thing yeah. not doing this where you know I was temping all the time at different offices yeah. teaching dance classes um and doing this where I was barely you know I was barely living off of like seventeen eighteen thousand 18 thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. like yeah. I was basically I wouldn't even call myself working poor <laughs> like mm-hmm. um it's pretty crazy I started working for Beauty Night, um, had more money than I'd expected. Even then, it wasn't huge money, yeah. but because I still had all that other contract work coming in, um, I ended up uh, owing nine thousand dollars in back taxes. My partner at the time lost his job, so mm. I was supporting both of us yeah. on uh, two thousand dollars a month that I received from Beauty Night. Yeah. Um, which I still make 30000 a year, which I'll mm-hmm. just be super transparent about that with the yeah, charity. Yeah, which,
0: I mean, when compared to what other executive directors and nonprofits is so... It's little. Mm-hmm. It's literally nothing. I mean, even, in, you know, in a regu- regular job mm. in this city... <laughs> Um, you know God, you have to be making at least what 60 75 to, get, to by. get by yeah um so yeah that's that's nothing and i know from your hard work that you deserve more than that Thank you. but i also understand that struggle i like, i get the you know you feel like you want to do a good thing, yeah. and you love it, yeah. and you're trying to help other people, and not wanting to take that money and kind of give it back. No,
1: because you keep yeah. feeling that it's just that that money should go into programming. Mm-hmm. But by actually receiving for it, what that shifted was a like if I all I have to do is look at the books, which mm-hmm. before I started getting paid, I we pulled in five thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Um, within that first year, pulled in fifty k. Wow. So yeah. there was more money because I was able to let go of some of the other stuff yes which I think that's the big piece we're terrified of letting go of what's familiar Mm -hmm. what feels safe to actually take that jump and go yeah and And then
0: it's also looking after yourself it is right it's going back to putting that mask on to yourself before (laughs) anyone else or your kids and you know seniors yeah um yeah you need that money to take care of yourself so that then you have the energy to take
1: care of other people And I think that was the biggest piece for me with the money piece where mm-hmm. I always felt guilty. Um, I'm lucky my um, my dad's done very well. And at some point, um, even, even though right now that money's being used to care for him and mm-hmm. I want him the be- best life possible, mm-hmm. I know he's made sure that my brother and I will not be without mm-hmm. at some point. So I think at my deep roots, I've always felt bad about receiving money where I know at some point, even if it's not mm-hmm. presently I have it, so, you know, how in uh, recovery they talk about a lot of people hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I end up getting a notice from the government saying that they were garnished my wages. So I was going to be living off of a thousand dollars a month in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Our rent at the time was, I believe it was twelve fifty, dollars and realized we weren't going to do it. So eh, I had to have a frank conversation with my partner and yeah. he had to get a job.
0: And that's hard enough. The money conversation yeah. is, is It's tough.
1: difficult. Um, At that point, I was offered a scholarship for karma teachers Mm. to become a yoga Mm. teacher, which I just finished my first year at Qigong um, to become a medical Qigong uh, therapist. Everybody thought I was nuts to just say yes to that that scholarship, because I was going to be taking a month to do a 200-hour course, Mm -hmm. still have to do all my work, and having no money coming in. Um, I said yes, I did it. Best thing ever, because within Mm -hmm. um, the, I think, I believe I graduated on a Thursday that year. um, I had already been very systematic about business Mm -hmm. and drafted up a business plan, everything, um, which people were bugging me when I showed up for the first day of class. They went around a circle. Hi, my name is, I'm here. (laughs) I really want to become a yoga teacher, which at the time I'm like, I really want to help people because I do love Mm -hmm. connecting body, mind, and spirit. Um, but I also know I, I actually need, at this stage of my life, to be teaching because I, I do need to be sustainable. Yes. And then after that, stuff started coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get involved with a little bit of more volunteer work because, again, I wanted to teach as much as possible to yeah. be the very Just best. Kind of get expedience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but because I'd been teaching dance for so long, mm-hmm. I already had certain things that I was decent at as a mm-hmm. teacher. And then from there, it was lovely, where um, somehow that started to shift. And I managed to pay off all that debt within a year. Amazing. Um, My ex and I broke up. Mm -hmm. And since then, I've been, knock on wood, very lucky um, with uh, finances where I realized, and it was neat because in terms of things that what we can do to feel confident, etc., Um, One of my mentors, Michael David Sims, who's my acting teacher, I was way back when, as present day. He says to take four sheets of paper, and it's really fascinating because I've used this for life skills development classes I've done on one page, what I believe to be true about sex, what I believe to be true about money, what I believe to be true about love, and what I believe to be true about food. Hmm. And then you stream of consciousness writing, where it's just like what I believe to be true, and you keep writing. Um, so I guided everybody with this. and I did it for a couple groups a couple months ago. and I did find it really fascinating because I found with that belief with money, it affected quite a few people. They didn't believe that they could afford to eat well. Mm-hmm. They didn't believe they could make the life changes that they wanted. Yeah. They didn't believe they could have a relationship because they didn't feel good enough. They didn't have yeah. enough. So in terms of body positivity, um, we I think of our body as a container. So we've got our body, mind, and spirit. So with that, it starts with actual acceptance of self. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. as we keep evolving through time... There's going to be more and more things. Our bodies are going to sag. They're going to wrinkle. I mean, we just have to look at like the industries, like the health industry, where I mean, it's a bill, You know, it's a gazillion dollar industry. Oh, yeah. Um, for all of this stuff. Like I look at my my dad's bills sometimes. Like just mm-hmm. the medications, uh, this that, and he. Yeah, sometimes I worry because he doesn't look as happy because he's not well. Yeah, um, and is it really kind of us to keep people alive as as long as we do? Yeah where they don't feel good, they don't feel healthy, and actually being able to have those conversations. Yeah, should they have the right to make that choice if Mm -hmm. they want to end things. Yeah, Yeah. and then on the opposite, and you look at uh, the increase of plastic surgery, Mm -hmm. we look at the increase of like, even uh, stuff that's yeah, I was going to say Botox, collagen, um, the sheer volumes of supplements that are Mm -hmm. out there. And with that, where it's like everything's the right way, I think it starts with again coming back to self. Mm -hmm. Try what, try things, see what works for you, but start with self because once plastic surgery is done, it's kind of back. No, and uh, whether or not it's getting liposuction, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, it's um, be kind to your body, it's your container. And again, it comes down to would you say those things to somebody else? And most of the time, we wouldn't. Um, And I won't lie, uh, most of the time, I do feel really good and I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky, so lucky that I get to do all the stuff I do. Um, And I love my students, I love Mm -hmm. my friends, my volunteers, my family. But there are times that stuff does get overwhelming and it yeah. comes down to that pleasing piece. So yeah. what I've been learning in my old age is, I think, it's, not, not well, you know, I am 100 and something <laughs> so good for my age. <laughs> but um, it comes down to feeling good about who you are. Yeah. And because, and, you need, and I use this analogy a lot in yoga class, where I always talk about yoga to me, um, even though there's so much philosophy behind it, but because I teach a lot of rec centers, etc., mm-hmm. I don't always go into the philosophy behind yeah. it just yeah, because I kind of keep, it. Yeah, I keep simple. it simple. But what I do talk about is the fact that your body is a container through the practice of yoga. A, we forget to breathe three quarters mm-hmm. of the time in life. B, we move into different shapes. And learning to check in with yourself is a sharp. Is it shooting? Mm -hmm. Is it electric? If so, get the fuck out of there. Um, If it's uncomfortable checking in, is it because I believe this to be true, where it's something I've been taught since Mm -hmm. I was a kid? Is it, you know, is it because of an experience that was really horrifically bad, which may not necessarily be the fact that this time we do it, it's going to be bad too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And checking in and breathing into that and seeing if that edge where that trigger is kicking up, are we able to breathe and are you able to go past that? Yeah. Just like you would if you were working on splits where you may hold something for a little bit, yeah. you know, squeeze up, um, yeah. engaging the thigh muscles and then relaxing into it or sometimes you get a little bit deeper in that edge yeah. that was there, softens and finding that we shift and learning the difference between what's actually dangerous because sometimes we do stay in stuff mm-hmm. because we're like, I just want to see what's going to happen yeah. or I'm strong. I can handle this. Yeah. And being able to recognize that, and that starts with breathing and really being in yeah. your body. And with yoga and being in those different shapes, it's an analogy of life. Oh, definitely. It's not just in the yoga pools. No. Yeah. <laughs> life goes up, it goes down. And the more we can breathe and... Experience those different shapes, and being able to check in with ourselves: is mm-hmm. it sharp? Is it shooting? Is it electric? Bye bye. Yes. Or is yeah. it uncomfortable? And what can I do to start shifting that? So whether yeah. or not we realize that, man, I'm actually prejudiced against mm-hmm. that. Um, I'm being super judgy. Is yeah. that is that for a reason? Be or you know, where does that
0: stemmed from? Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, it's kind of the reason I do this podcast. Mm. Is to have these uncomfortable conversations, and it's it's kind of learning for me. It's like what mm. conversation, even the topics, right? It's like yeah. what conversations do I want to do? And sometimes it's like, oh, I could do this one because that would be easy for me. But I know there's another one in the back burner that, for maybe, <laughs> I'm like, hmm, I know that that would be way more interesting. Like, why mm. am I afraid to go there? Yeah, and um, yeah, it's it's been good to kind of sit down with people and talk about things that are deemed uncomfortable and because you actually it's like the softness sets in and you can get past Mm -hmm. that belief that this is a taboo topic or we shouldn't talk about this
1: and I think the more we have those conversations Mm -hmm. and being able to breathe through it we don't get triggered so for Mm -hmm. example on Facebook all you have to do is just patrol through your own feed Mm, and just see how people get really angry and part of it is because again, it comes back to being on all the time. I was joking because yeah. my business has always, my mantra with it has been jump, balance, breathe, which mm-hmm. I always thought was kind of summarizes, but lately it's been unplug, yes. breathe, be. Yes. Which for me is really resonating more with who I am right now and the the students i'm getting coming into class mm-hmm. um and just just people where it's almost like their guides where it's like oh yeah. okay i'm meant to relearn that or yes meant to hear that right now they've come
0: in your life for a reason yeah. yeah and just
1: uh just trusting and uh and uh, i think that's the biggest piece too is it comes down to boundaries mm, boundaries is <laughs> huge it's like it's a huge.
0: whole topic on it. its one it is rate. but
1: the more we breathe into that just that simple i am mm-hmm. the more not only do we know who we are we, even though that changes oh, yeah. from moment to moment yeah. but there are core bits of us that are our truth mm-hmm. the more it's easier not to try and please as much because we're coming from a really solid foundation just the way you would if you're going into say warrior two where you want to make sure your feet are nicely foundation before you yeah. open up the arms mm-hmm. and allow the bones to stack. It starts with the foundation of the feet first, yep. and being able to find that because then you can actually feel that warrior spirit, that mm-hmm. strength, that can power. It up. Yeah, <laughs> feels good. <laughs> <I> <laughs> and it's it. the same with that I am. It starts with that. Mm. The other pieces are tools to try and guide you there, and I say try them mm-hmm. see what works for you. Yep. But it comes right down to that. And in terms of body positivity. It starts with changing those pieces. Mm-hmm. From there, I think the more we do that, the more things will change. Where people are are going to be more honest, and they may not be more honest online, and that's yeah. okay. I don't know if that's what that platform's for, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the main thing, as long as we show up for ourselves in our yeah. own life, is key. And you can't me- control what other people you know. do, think, see.
0: You never will, so you can. No. Yeah. But what
1: we can do for that piece of it is set alarms where it's like Mm -hmm. all right i'm checking my email and all my social i have 15 minutes to do it right now (laughs) go notes do it um and then that alarm goes off you don't do it again for a while you can actually address all of your things like with your um, gmail etc where it's like i will be um, test checking it Mm -hmm. from this to that kind of thing and and training the people in our lives that um to respect that yeah Mm -hmm. because there are people i mean my dad's got dementia so there's days he he'll he'll call me about the same thing 35 Mm. times and he won't remember that i've answered Mm -hmm. the phone the first few times where now even though i know it causes him anxiety and it hurt me a lot at the beginning It was killing me um, Mm -hmm. not doing it because I'd be so stressed out for the rest of the day and I'd carry that stress with me. So turning that stuff off. Mm -hmm. um, If somebody is listening to this and is looking for uh, job interviews or is, because I know a lot of people are entrepreneurs, so you're Mm -hmm. always looking client-wise. Yes. Just being really upfront about it. Mm -hmm. um, Just like, yeah, I'm going to be checking, blah, 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 blah and some people even have it where they'll actually set up for meetings where you can use something like calendar yes which where is you perfect. could actually be like i'm i'm you know blah 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 and not these available these are the please. times that yeah. are
0: available that's all you've got to choose from yeah or yeah. well, i've been there with my clients oh I, yeah you,
1: well you've do doing virtual assistant so yeah yes yeah, so yeah. there
0: was a lot of boundary setting that had to happen oh it yeah was definitely a big lesson yeah and that you could probably do
1: your own podcast on that one, which people need to learn (laughs) boundaries for entrepreneurs for sure well i think boundaries for everybody Everybody, because it's hard if you're an employee it's hard Mm -hmm. too because Mm -hmm. there's that expectation they send you a message at three in the freaking morning why didn't you? because i'm sleeping yeah (laughs) (laughs) or i'm out for dinner with my family or you know or i'm I just want to curl up and watch a movie on Netflix and chill. No the distractions. Fuck out. Yeah. yeah. No distractions. Just feeling good. Yeah. I'm just taking care of you. And I can't believe I swore so much in your podcast. I'm Please so sorry. Please do not apologize. <laughs> I
0: always give a little bit of a warning at the beginning. <laughs> <So> there <laughs> so may do be. Don't worry. I could talk to you for hours, but I know that you also need to go teach today. Um, Caroline, thank you for your wisdom. I really always love talking to you.
1: But you know that. I do. And I love talking to you. <laughs> too so thank you so much for having thank me you. on here and if anybody's interested in finding out more details mm-hmm. they can always reach out too. and
0: we'll post links to beauty night society and any other links you want to sure. share with us for people to reach out to you then i'll post those in the show notes
1: oh my goodness thank you well, so much Thank Yay. you.
0: Hey everyone thanks so much for tuning in. Now if you're someone like me who struggles to appreciate your body then I hope that after listening to Caroline and I's conversation you walked away with some tools on how to overcome that and hopefully start loving yourself. You can find out more about Caroline at carolinemcgilvery.com and if you're interested in learning more about Beauty Night Society then head over to their website beautynight.org. Caroline is also the host of radio shows Sex in Van City and Humans of the Downtown Eastside, which both air on saveonradio.com. I'll make sure to post links to those in the show notes. Now, if you enjoyed our conversation, then feel free to let us know over in the comments section on our website, uncomfortable.blog, or over on any of our social media channels. We're on Facebook and Instagram at uncomfortable.blog and we're on Twitter at uncomfy underscore podcast. You can support our little podcast by signing up to be a patron and pledging a small $5 per month so that we can keep on running. Visit uncomfortable.blog forward slash donate for more information. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Now go out there and get uncomfortable.